A fire that's turned into an autumn nightmare. We've seen our own fire tragedies here in Korea, including in Seoul last week. But the scale of California's deadly campfire, for example, makes it the state's most destructive wildfire on record. And the Guardian's reporter, Gabrielle Cannon, joins us on the line now from California to tell us more about the situation as it stands. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And and can you just give us uh, your assessment of the wildfire situation as it stands? Sure. So, yeah, so we across California, there's actually several wildfires. Um, the two most notable ones, are in Northern California, one called the Camp Fire, which has currently burned about 113,000 acres, uh, currently 25% contained. Um, and then I'm based in Southern California, just near Los Angeles, um, where 90, more than 95,000 uh, acres have been burned in the Woolsey Fire. When I've seen reports that I briefly cited before of, of like an area the size of a football field burning every second, is it... Are any of these fires still moving at that pace? Yeah, so the fires are moving incredibly fast. Um, I can speak to here in in Southern California, there's just been incredibly dry, fast-moving winds. So with these wind conditions, they're expected to continue through Wednesday, actually. It's it's been an incredibly hard firefight for uh, for all first responders who have come out from actually across the United States um, to fight these fires. And another f- sort of statistic, if you like, um, that that has drawn a lot of perspective beyond these huge numbers is uh, the fact that whole towns have been swallowed up. Have they been completely evacuated for the most part? Um, so I, I can say here in in, um, in Los Angeles, they've really had a lot of, of success um, at saving lives. Um, so far, there have been two fatalities here. Um, that they've had just hundreds of thousands of people uh, evacuated on time. Um, unfortunately, the, the fire up north is not the same story. Um, a horrifying tragedy uh, that that fire just came upon a community without much, uh, without much of a heads up at all. And so, um, the town of Paradise, California, um, unfortunately, they're still they're still getting a final number there for the death toll, but um, dozens were unable to escape. It's difficult for many of us to imagine if we haven't witnessed something like this. We might think we could just drive away or we could outrun the fire um, or that firefighters can put it out. What sort of efforts are we seeing from firefighters, especially as that effort has drawn the scrutiny and criticism of the country's president, Donald Trump? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, I think... Here on the ground, there's been uh, people have obviously not wanted to politicize um, the efforts and the tragedy and everything. But there's been a lot of pushback against uh, against the president's comments, uh, especially because the fire that that they're dealing with out here is extremely erratic. I mean, as we already discussed, it's incredibly fast moving. Um, winds are creating even like fire tornadoes uh, that that make it incredibly hard to, to contain. Um, and then the other aspect of this is in Southern California, um, there's a typical fire season, if you will, um, dry conditions, things like that, where 
fire crews are, are expecting to be ready to tackle any kind of big fires. But because of the changing um, climate across the state, a lot of the resources that would have been used um, to, to handle this large fire were diverted to the Northern California fire. So that left fire crews pretty much at a minimum um, for the first couple of days in, in fighting this giant blaze. Um, now, of course, resources have come in from other states, and so they've been able to get more uh, more of a handle on it, and it's currently at 20% containment. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that they've been really doing an incredible job in terms of getting people out, in terms of trying to protect homes. But, of course, you know, there's only so much that they can do. California is obviously a, a vast state, uh, landmass-wise. Mm-hmm. But is there a, a legitimate concern that actually parts of the state will become uninhabitable going forward? There, there have been years of concerns about drought and now combined with wildfires mm-hmm. continuing beyond the season and going beyond the scale that people can control. That doesn't sound like much of a recipe for human habitation. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty grim news. Um, our governor, when the fires were terribly bad over the summer, called this the new normal. And um, our fire chief here in Los Angeles County said that he believed that this is the type of fire that they're going to be battling for the foreseeable future. Um, so certainly, it's. I mean, things are changing. Um, residents I've spoken to, even ones who have lost everything, um, are pretty determined to stay and, and pretty determined to rebuild and, and try to make it make it work here. But yeah, it's it's something that I think he, here in California, across the country, and, and around the world, um, is going to be an incredible obstacle for public officials and communities to face figuring out how to handle with this new normal. Well, the climate change debate goes on, but if this is the new normal, uh, it's horrifying. What What about the question of air quality? So, like, even if you're not in the direct firing line or potential firing line of these wind patterns uh, driving these huge forest fires, what is it like in bigger areas, uh, towns and cities, where you've got the wind blowing air towards you? Uh, the pollution must be horrendous. Yeah, um, it's incredibly bad. Um, even in areas where you can't even see the smoke, which most of these areas have gray skies, I mean, that orange tinge. Um, yeah, people in big cities are just breathing in uh terrible air quality. San Francisco, I know, has, has had their uh, actual public alert um, to tell people it had to wear face masks outside. Um, there were recommendations from officials that if anybody doing any kind of outside activities should have a particulate respirator, which is one of those masks that helps filter out the air. Um, but yeah, it, it's been incredibly dangerous, uh, especially for vulnerable populations, people like seniors, people who suffer from asthma. Um and just these the air conditions, like you said, even away from the fire line, uh, that that smoke just kind of pools over cities. Is emergency assistance right now enough? Firefighting efforts might be tremendously challenging. You talked about the tragedies that have occurred away from where you are within the state. Are you confident going forward that there's enough support in place to to prevent further tragedies? So that was actually the question we we asked um, the fire chiefs this morning, um, and pretty much what they said is is a lot of lessons uh, will be learned for the future. I think these past the past few years, the state has seen just incredible destruction and damage from fires, and 
and with each one, um, the officials say that they are working harder to sort of learn from their mistakes and, and make things a little bit more efficient going forward. But, um, yeah, I think there's, there's some pretty serious questions uh, that are still unanswered uh, from officials and in, in how to make sure that this, this horrifying loss of life that we've seen in Northern California never happens again. Yeah, well, something that um, we can learn from some of the efforts in terms of fire prevention, is, and it does feel so much more preventable now when we put it in this perspective here in Korea, but also uh, within urban environments uh, on the air pollution front as well. Uh, good luck with everything there. Gabrielle Cannon, California-based reporter. Thank you, Thank you so much.